This is a Federal News Network podcast. House Democrats are focusing on several tidbits important to the federal workforce as Congress heads toward the final days of 2021. They've introduced new legislation to strengthen the Office of Personnel Management. And there's a new bill that would attempt to overhaul an underperforming federal internship program. Recent debate in the House Oversight Committee shows just how heated these arcane-sounding topics really are. We get more now from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Democrats on the House Oversight and Reform Committee are spinning multiple plates on federal workforce issues in the last month of the year. The first comes in the form of new legislation from Virginia Democrat Jerry Connolly. It's called the Strengthening the Office of Personnel Management Act. And it implements a couple of the recommendations the National Academy of Public Administration made to Congress and OPM earlier this year. Those recommendations were part of a year-long NAPA study that Congress mandated. Lawmakers asked for that study after the Trump administration tried to break up and reorganize OPM. The bill would redefine and codify OPM's mission. It would create a new advisory committee for the OPM director to hear out other views on workforce issues. And it instructs the president to appoint an OPM director without regard to political affiliation. That last part doesn't sit especially well with House Republicans. Kentucky Republican James Comer is the ranking member of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. That's a recipe for Democrats to create a political firestorm if a Republican president tries to fire someone. The bill also creates a new career OPM chief management officer. Career officials are, by definition, shielded from political accountability. In these and other ways, the strengthening the OPM Act follows a Democrat trend. That trend is to tear down punish and prevent future renewals of the Trump administration's valuable attempted reforms to OPM and the federal workforce. It's well known that the OPM is an underperforming federal agency. The Trump administration tried to improve the functions and services OPM is intended to perform. Jerry Connolly is the chairman of the Government Operations Subcommittee. It's not at all true that we don't, from time to time, circumscribe the powers of an executive in appointing people and their credentials to various and sundry positions. We did it for FEMA. We did it for the U.S. Trade Rep. We did it for the federal administrator of the Federal Aviation Administration. We did it for the Federal Housing Finance Agency. We did it for the Institute of Education Sciences within the Department of Education. We've done it for the director of FDA. We've done it for the director of CDC. We've done it for the director of NIH. One could go on. Other than that, my friends are right. It's unprecedented. Republicans argue they haven't yet heard from OPM or NAPA about their thoughts on the legislation. The Oversight Committee eventually advanced the OPM bill anyway, but this wasn't the only topic that ignited some fierce debate about the federal workforce. Connolly says he's going to introduce another bill that would set specific goals on federal telework and new metrics to track how agencies are using it and whether employees are actually productive. But this all sparked a broader debate about whether federal employees could be trusted working remotely anyway. Pennsylvania Republican Fred Keller. I think we all know it's no secret uh, the federal workforce is aging, and there's a significant need to promote a competitive job market that is attractive to those entering the workforce and keep sufficient staffing levels. Congress needs to be working with agencies to improve services and streamline government operations. Unfortunately, Many of the proposals discussed today would do more for the federal government 
rather than the people we serve. Democrats say agencies can strike the right balance between flexibility and serving the public. Maryland Democrat John Sarbanes. Agencies that have embraced telework for a number of years now actually demonstrate heightened productivity across the entire workforce, not just those that are uh, teleworking, but those that are not teleworking on a frequent basis, because it leads to a different set of metrics, how you measure performance. And I think the entire workforce then steps up into an approach that can raise the the bar on, on what that agency is delivering. Down the third spinning plate is another bill, again from Connolly. It's called the NextGen Feds Act, and the goal is to improve the federal internship program. It would create a new federal internship and fellowship center inside OPM. It would centrally manage and promote all government intern programs. The bill also includes some language ensuring federal interns get paid for their time. And it provides successful federal interns with an extra credit to pursue permanent positions in government through the competitive hiring procedures. Data shows the existing federal internship program known as Pathways is struggling. Agencies offered 60,000 paid internships back in 2010, compared to just 4,000 10 years later. Naturally, the federal government is hiring fewer interns into full-time positions. Agencies hired 35,000 interns back in 2010, and just a couple thousand in 2018. Some argue that giving interns a direct pathway to permanent federal employment without again having to move through the competitive hiring process is a problem. Connolly shrugged off the idea. Ken Thomas is the national president of the National Active and Retired Federal Employees Association. This is something that's very diverse from from what you uh, normally would be seeing. You're looking at creating the pipeline, you might say, for encouraging people to apply, not only apply, but also get into the federal workforce or another way of getting into the federal workforce. So I'm not sure the criticism is is deserved at all. Democrats aren't likely to find a lot of willing Republican partners for these initiatives. Georgia Republican Jody Heiss is the ranking member of the Government Operations Subcommittee. He says he's at least open to the possibility of changing the federal internship program. As for building the next generation of Federal Employees Act, Mr. Chairman, I will say that it making it easier to identify internships and scholarships across federal agencies, there's a lot of merit to that and makes a lot of sense. But obviously, I'd like to learn more about the other provisions of the bill as we move forward. After all, fewer than 7% of federal employees are under the age of 30, and almost 30% of the workforce is eligible to retire in the next few years. Connolly says he hopes Heiss comes on board. Hope upon reflection and examination, he might want to uh, be an original co-sponsor of the intern bill, because I do think it's a tool, as Mr. Thomas indicated from NARF, in a much larger challenge that we face the federal government. Nicole Ligrisco, Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, 
and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's chief of legislative affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual, actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from sea to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. 
you don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the US Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Anyone else have trouble sleeping last night? And the night before that, same. 
And I've tried everything, but it either doesn't help me sleep so I'm cranky and tired the next day, or I sleep and then I'm drowsy the next day. Luckily, Seize the Night and Day is here. Go to SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more about insomnia and how you can seize the night. And Carpe the DM. Make their mission your mission, because they will not rest until we all rest. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.